Joe Astor, and this week on Living in the Pages, I speak with one of my favorites, Jessica Park. We discuss the euphoria of writing dark chocolate and what comes out of rejection. Hello, my dear. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you, sweetie? Good. It's been so long since I've seen your face. I know. I think we had like a two-second hug at book bonanza yes and that was it and then you were gone in a, a, in a crowd of people <laughs> uh, that was so chaotic but so fun but I, I I think it took me like weeks to recover from that it was just so intense yeah me too but it was I mean it was just so great there were so many of my readers like whose names I knew so well you mm-hmm. know had been readers for years and to be able to meet them in person was just isn't that amazing oh, it was so fun it was so touching, you know, and yes. oh, I loved it. I loved every second. Oh, me <laughs> so too. <nice. laughs> well, what is new with you? Today, I've um, been uh, on this baking spree for the past week because I've been obsessed with the Great British Baking Show all I of a sudden. Notice so that. <laughs> I've, started, I've started baking and of course, I have a gluten and dairy intolerance, so I can't oh. eat any of the things that I'm making, but oh, no. my family does, but I still really enjoy it. Um, to Today's uh, offering is not terribly exciting. It's a no-knead bread, okay. which I haven't made for years. So I set it out last night, and it's doing another rise today. And after I get off with you, it's going to be time to heat up the oven and awesome. <laughs> get that in. So I think we're going to make a big pot of soup, and uh, nice. the boys can enjoy the bread while I stare at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. When yeah. did you realize you had allergies? I swear that it has something to do with my uh, pregnancy because my okay. son then had um, a milk allergy when he was mm. born and I'm convinced something happened in my body. Mm-hmm. So it kind of came on slowly about 10, 11 years ago, I think. So I've, I've learned to adjust, but I'm tempting actually today. I'm going to try a gluten-free bread. I don't have high hopes for it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a go anyway. Well, man, that <laughs> chocolate thing you posted on Twitter was, oh, oh yeah. man, I'm drooling. My son is a dark chocolate lover, always has been, even as a little kid, really? which is interesting because it's a little bit more of a, you know, refined Adult, taste. Adult, for sure. Yes, but he likes the dark, dark chocolate. So uh, it, this was kind of dark, but it, it's his opinion was very important to me. And I, he, he, I just was staring at his face as he took a bite and kind of paused. <laughs> and he had this long pause and then he just grinned. And I was oh, like, nailed it. <laughs> good. I did it. Oh. I did it. Well, I always give huge kudos to people who know what they can't eat and don't eat it. So good for you. Yeah. Once in a while, I get a craving for like a cold glass of milk. And I, a couple months ago, I poured a glass for my son and I just impulsively was like, I'm just taking a sip. Like mm-hmm. it's, I'm not, you know, that reactive. So I took a sip and it tasted so weird to me. Really? I can't even tell you. It was the strangest thing. I'm like, huh. Okay, that's, Aww, that's that not what I remember it tasting like. Good. Yeah, so <laughs> so, so I've, I've gotten used to it, and I can have um, goat's milk and sheep's milk. So okay. I, I can have cheese of some sort, but it's Good. not. There's still the elusive macaroni and cheese that I'm working on. I haven't found mm. the recipe quite yet mm. <laughs> that works for me. That's going to make me curious if I can. I'll be looking too, because that's something you you should have in your life. Yes, I've I've made some really bad recipes before and I keep trying this cauliflower and cashew mm-hmm. version that's supposed to it's not cutting it. it yeah. <laughs> I'm still I I'm, I'm determined one day I'm going to figure out or find uh, the perfect goat's cheese to use or something but uh, there have been a lot of really bad 
Hmm. sauces that I've made. So (laughs) (laughs) you you have to suffer through. Right. (laughs) I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Well, I have loved your books from the time I first read Flat Out Love. And I love how each one is so unique and special. Each one feels fully developed. And I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. I really don't want to go into writing a book unless I feel like it's going to be strong, mm-hmm. you know, and so I can't just bang them out. Uh, I think the most I did was I wrote three in 14 months, oh, wow. which was exhausting for me. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I was so burnt out after that, but I definitely like to plan. I like to have a full detailed outline. Mm-hmm. Uh, God love people who can go into writing a book and not really know like where it's yeah. going and can pull it off because that terrifies me. And I always really want to know how the full story arc and how it's going to end. Because if I know the ending of the book where my characters are going to end up, mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of infuse that in earlier chapters, mm-hmm. you know, because I know I know where that character is headed and you can kind of make little references to it. And, you know, I'm sure you could go back in and add stuff if you're just winging it and you come up with your ending (laughs) as you get there. But I I think it's harder to go back in and just put those little subtle pieces in, you know, just Mm -hmm. tiny little moments or tiny little thoughts that a character has or an action they they take that um, by the end of the book, you can really see that character's growth and how they've changed. So I do like to go sort of slow and steady um the downside too is sometimes after i finish an outline and then i'm like oh well now i have to write the book (laughs) (laughs) um but Um, the outline for me is really just the hardest part it's the mm. hardest part it's i find it so painful sometimes because you're kind of putting together a puzzle and you don't quite know your characters yet like you have an idea of them but you don't quite know and even if you take a character like celeste Mm -hmm. um from flat out love and obviously flat out Celeste, she, I, I, I knew her a little bit, um, but it was not until she had her first scene and her dialogue took on this very unique pattern. You know, she's very sort of formal yeah. uh, with her language <laughs> and that I, I didn't know about her. I didn't know that that huh. was going to be her style. So, it, you know, that it, there are still exciting things that happen. Even when you have a fully outlined story, there are moments where you're like, oh, you're still I wasn't expecting that. To, yeah. That's the fun. I mean, when you have those moments when you're like, oh, I've just discovered something that <laughs> yes. you know, was in this story I didn't know about, or you find an opportunity to do something, you know, unique and fun. I really, I, I always love that. You said you don't like to write one unless you know it's going to be strong. At what point does that usually come? Is it in the outline? Or in the writing process? Yeah, it's usually in the, I, I won't start a book unless I feel like I have something, you know, I hear hear stories about people who's like, oh, I wrote half a book and then decided I, you know, I didn't want to, or I deleted five chapters. No, never. (laughs) It's like my worst nightmare Uh to think that I would, you know, I don't want to spend time writing if it's not going someplace. So usually once I have a full outline, um, and then sometimes I'll kind of step back from it Mm -hmm. and I'll need to take a few weeks and, and think about it and feel like, does this still work? You know, are there anything, something I want to change, something I want to add in? But it's, yeah, it's a, that's why that process is so stressful mm-hmm. for me, because there's a lot, a lot riding on it, you mm-hmm. know? Do you have any outlines that you thought were going to be great and you end up not using them? Well, my flat out love uh, outline, <laughs> sort of funny, was originally 
kind of a, a twist on Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Oh. Um, I think. And uh, I sent it to my agent, who I love, and she wrote back and said, uh, I'm really sorry this just doesn't work for me. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, and if you, if you want to give it to another agent or something, that would be fine. And I thought, no, if she doesn't like this, this isn't here. Yeah. But I took pieces of that and like lifted them out and that's what became flat out love mm. so <laughs> that was my one like entirely ditched outline <laughs> i think <laughs> i'm trying to figure out what could be added back in to make that snow white and the seven dwarves i'm so curious now <laughs> i can't even remember i remember that it was a snow white thing but i i really i think i like blocked out my original outline because i was so mortified when my agent wrote oh, back and said yeah this, she was friend this just doesn't work for me yeah that never feels <laughs> and, good uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, but there were, there were some pieces in there that I must have lifted. Hmm. I just don't know what. <laughs> I love that it came through anyway, and you did it anyway. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Are you working on anything fun now? I am. I've been playing around with an outline for, I've actually had an idea for um, a couple of years, and I finally just pulled it together, and uh, I, I did move, and I've done this before, actually. I, I wrote out the full outline, and then I decided a couple weeks later, this is horrible. I have to ditch it. And then I decided I'll go in and I'll make a bunch of changes. And then I realized the changes I made were off. And I thought, oh, well, wait, no. what if I, you know, flip this and do this instead? And then I realized I was back to my original outline. Mm. So sometimes you need to, you need to kind of play around with it and mm -hmm. reject some things. And you kind of question yourself like, okay, if, if I make this big change, how do I feel about it? And sometimes you need to find something that's wrong in order to know what's right. Do you do it all on notebook and notebooks or the laptop or do you have notes everywhere I just I want to see how your mind yeah. works um I used to I remember with flat out celeste and left drowning I remember specifically it was a lot of handwritten notes mm -hmm. I remember with celeste I had pages and pages of just kind of a list of things I wanted to happen for her uh maybe some scene ideas or some uh, emotional story arcs and I just had this big kind of list and then I went through all of these pages and kind of numbered them in an order you know it was like mm -hmm. I just let this big mess sort of pour out and then figured out what's what's the story here you know how do I how do I do this mm -hmm. and um and and once I had that I then you know, typed up an outline. Left Drowning, also the same thing. I had a huge, that was such a puzzle for me, how the characters were interconnected and how their their uh, histories connected. So that was another situation where I had this big spider web of ideas and I had to figure out how do they fit together, mm -hmm. which is very exciting when that light bulb goes off, yes. you know, and you're like, oh, I see what I'm doing here. <laughs> I see. This is what I was saying. This is what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's always so exciting. More recently, when I've been plotting, I do a lot of thinking in my head before I even put anything down. I think a lot when I drive and listen mm -hmm. to music. Sometimes you find kind of that a song that just puts you in a mood for something. Yep. And Sometimes I'll just kind of go driving around <laughs> town and uh, uh, picturing, you know, picturing scenes or things like that that I want to do and think, oh, could I, you know, that's a great scene. What kind of, what's the story that I need to have in order to have that scene? Mm -hmm. uh, I often work backwards too. Left Drowning actually started with one of the final scenes in the book. I could just picture kind of a certain emotional energy and some angst and passion 
passion and I really wanted to write this scene. So I thought, okay, if I want to do that over the top kind of ending, what do I have to do to get there? I have Mm -hmm. to earn the right to do that scene. So sometimes I'll start at the end of the book and and work back. Uh, I love, sometimes I hear authors say, uh, oh, there's a scene I've been dying to write and they'll write that first. And for me, I'm like, no, that's my reward. You know, that's Uh my reward for all that that kind of drudgery in the beginning when you're setting up characters and scenes. Oh, that that is the slow, slow days where, you know, you're at the keyboard for eight hours and you've only written 200 words or something. And you just are like, oh, God. But it's so exciting when you then get to like, oh, this is the scene I've been aching to write for you know weeks or months and you get there and it's just it's such a joy so that's my that's my reward is writing your favorite thing ever do you have other things you love as much it's just such a unique love you know it's such a strange it's a very strange experience and I'm not someone who's been a writer my entire life at all I you know wrote research papers in college and Mm -hmm. things like that I've not been a creative writer for most of my life. And then, you know, when I got bitten by the bug, it's just, it's like nothing else. It can be so frustrating and so demoralizing. And there are days you're like, you're just kind of alone in your head mm-hmm. and you know this world that nobody else does. But that's also such an incredible feeling. I remember writing Left Drowning and I was, it was probably not very healthy. I mean, I just... I wrote like 65,000 words in five weeks or something. I couldn't Mm -hmm. stop. I just couldn't stop writing. And I didn't want to leave this world. And nobody else knew what it felt like. I was so connected with these characters and so so invested in their lives that there were times I I think my son was uh, pretty self-sufficient but I'd be writing and it's like 7 30 8 o'clock at night and I realized oh my god I haven't fed him dinner (laughs) (laughs) and I I, you know was like barely showering I'd living (laughs) off Starbucks and stuff and it's like the greatest feeling in the world you know <laughs> Taryn and I call that the living like an animal stage yes it, it totally is I, you know like you get in the shower you're like oh I haven't been here in a while you know <laughs> I mean it's like disgusting but uh think yeah. my family understands when I'm especially in those final uh you know chapters where you just mm-hmm. are not going to be available to do anything but that that feeling <laughs> it's like a drug you know or where you get to the scene or like I was talking about when you make discoveries about your characters that you didn't know were there. It's just this kind of euphoria that I don't get Mm -hmm. from anything else. You know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's really exciting. It's really exciting. I love that feeling. I I love my family very much. It's just a different kind of (laughs) love that I um, only get when I'm writing. I wasn't sure if you had another career that you love or if this is like your passion and your favorite. I, I just can't imagine doing anything else. I was a daycare teacher for oh, years at one of uh, Harvard University's childcare centers. And it was kind of the, a, a very elite childcare okay. situation. And I worked with some wonderful people and some fascinating children. I love the parents. So I've, I've always been very interested in ch- uh, child development. And I did go on uh, get my social work degree and work in early intervention. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, with, with kids under three and their families. And I, I adored that too. And that was a fun job because we would go to families' houses. It's just incredible watching little minds work, you know, and I I, yes. I, I loved it. So I, that really was a huge passion 
Oh, mine too. But I just want to keep writing now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were so gracious to me when I was starting out, and I've always appreciated you. You're so sweet. I will never forget that phone call. Do you remember our first phone call? Yes. I was sat in my closet forever talking to you, (laughs) just sitting on the floor, like, writing notes. (laughs) Why were you in a closet? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, I did. Probably just so I could hear. I I did not know that part of the story, but I remember it was... After you had first published. Oh. Uh, well, let's do a fast five. I will ask you questions and you answer off the top of your head. Oh, boy. Okay. Red or white? White. Last show you binge watched. Oh, Great British Baking Show. <laughs> <laughs> One of your top five reads. Uh, Prince of Tides by Pat Conroy. Favorite way to spend a Friday night? Um, I'll go back to that first question and say white, which is white wine. <laughs> mm. Okay, now that I know how much you love to bake, what's your favorite thing to bake? Uh, chocolate torts, really, of any kind. I like I like torts. I'm not a cake person, really, or pies. I like mm-hmm. d- dense chocolatey things or mousse things. Ooh, I, I want all your recipes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought of doing a cookbook? Oh, God, no. I had, no. years ago when I was co-writing a mystery series with my mom, it was a culinary mystery series, and we wrote up recipes at the end of the book. Fun! Writing out recipes is the biggest nightmare it's it's (laughs) horrible horrible no never I couldn't do it I have to follow a recipe I can't write them yeah well I think we should sing a song oh no Uh -uh. oh this is what I do at the end of my podcast we sing and now that I know what a big Rick Springfield fan you are I think we should sing Jesse's girl (laughs) because You're Jessica. I mean, it just seems <laughs> Jessie's girl. Perfect. Yeah, we have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's watching him with those, those eyes. eyes. Is that the pre-course? Yep. Oh, and she's loving him with, with that body. body. I just know, know it. it. And he's holding her in his arms <laughs> late, late at night. You know, I wish that I had Jessie's girl. I wish that I had Jessie's girl. Where can I find a woman like that? These lyrics are fantastic. Yes. Here's the best part. I'll play along with the charade. That doesn't seem to be a reason to change. You know, I feel so dirty when they start talking cute. I want to tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot. Does anyone else have moot in a song? I mean, it's precious. It is precious. You're precious for noticing. It's gorgeous. Oh, Jessica, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my darling, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be a guest on your podcast. I'm honored. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you, sweetheart. You too, and I'll look for you online. Okay, good. Okay, all right. Bye, honey. (laughs) Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll go follow Jessica Park's author page. Heck, follow mine too. And share, share, share with all your friends. See you next time.